This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to... Your Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. (laughs) You were pointing to yourself, and I was like, okay, take it away. No, because I I was letting you know that I was doing the spiel. I know, I know. Let's start over. We'll start over. Okay. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, Keegan. Hey, Madigan. I'm losing my voice a bit, so if that is why I sound strange, that is it. Uh, I was telling Keegan that I've been uber paranoid about having COVID all day. I am like 99.9999999% sure it is allergies. I mean, and clearly I don't care because you're sitting I know, a we're foot in, and a half away from I me. Kept, but I texted you. I was like, full disclosure, I've got a bit of a cough. I've got some, like, post-nasal drainage shit going on. Because I didn't want to show up and be like, hi, Keegan, and have you be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Please leave my residence. <clears throat> yeah, I don't feel sick. I'm okay. I'm a little bit congested and stuffy, but other than that, I'm okay. I'm also hot now because I'm drinking tea in this closet. Mm-hmm. Ugh, how are you in pants and a sweatshirt right now? Well, first of all, I don't have an undershirt on, so... Like, I haven't seen your boobs I before. mean, I know. <laughs> there's something really odd about just whipping them out, like, mid-recording. So there's that. And then secondly, I'm drinking a Greyhound, so I got ice. That's I'm true. Yeah. yeah, so for juxtaposition here, I'm in shorts and a sports bra, and Keegan is in a sweatshirt and jeans. Yeah, my David Rose sweater. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So, all right, we are going to talk to you about some stuff that is going on in the news And I wanted to talk about some shit going on in Texas. Now, I think for a lot of our listeners, you've probably seen some stuff on social media about the heartbeat law that was, you know, kind of being passed and not kind of being passed, totally being passed in Texas this week. Mm hmm. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed one of the nation's most restrictive abortion measures, banning abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. Yeah, it's very unsettling. I mean, I've this is the thing that's really going to challenge Roe v. Wade. It's yeah. going to go up to the Supreme Court. Uh, if anything, the only silver lining I've seen when it comes to this is that like there's a possibility that this might be the thing. This might be the straw where Joe Biden feels like he's ne- he needs to step in. I, mean, I hope like, so. I I hope so, but it is very scary at the same time. Yeah, it's putting a lot of your faith into one person to be able to make that decision when there's a lot of people that are working to get multiple laws passed. I mean, that's kind of the way that the anti-abortion movement runs from what I've researched. Uh, it's all about, you know, kind of the grassroots of it all, you mm-hmm. know, kind of taking over small chapters at a time and then slowly trying to pass more laws and legislature and right. making it bigger. You well, know what and I mean? Well, this is the moment they were waiting for. Exactly. With, with They've the been Supreme, building up. With the Supreme Court stacked the way it's stacked right now. I mean, this is why they did what they did, and this is why it was such a big deal for people. Like, yeah. whenever people would say, like, it's not just about 
who's in the White House. It's not just about the presidency. It's about the consequences of that. And what a lot of people meant when they said that was who is going to be sitting on the Supreme Court. And unfortunately, right now, the Supreme Court is very skewed. Um, per, I mean, very skewed conservative. Yeah. 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 I think I have it somewhere in my notes here. What the what the. Uh, What's the word I'm looking balances. for? The balances. Yeah, mm-hmm. like how many conservative, how many more liberal people are on the bench. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the fact that if a woman is not able to get an abortion past the six-week mark and kind of what that means, because it usually takes somebody a bit of time after missing their period to uh-huh. even take, to take a pregnancy test, mm-hmm. right? You might not even know six weeks in. No. You might not even know because you're not getting... It's going to be four weeks, roughly, uh, between periods. Yes. I mean, and then some people who have very irregular periods might be, like, holding off or thinking, oh, it's probably late. Yeah. It's fine until you take a pregnancy test. And then once you take a pregnancy test, I'm sure that states like Texas also have very restrictive laws in terms of you can't just walk in and Uh get an abortion the next day. You still have to make an appointment. There's waiting laws. There's, like, all that stuff. Yeah, and we've talked about that a lot on past episodes. I can't remember what episodes we talked about it exactly, but where we talked about, you know, people going to other states and mm-hmm. all of that, you know, and, and the waiting period and having to come back two weeks later and how difficult it is for people in these states in order to get an abortion. Um, but then also the fact that it really is, I was learning a bit about uh, gestational periods earlier this week on another podcast, and um, it really is hard to determine the amount of time that the gestational period has been going on, like, it really is, like, a big estimate. Like, Keegan had two friends that gave birth this week. Yes. So we were just saying that, you know, like, one of her friends was two days late, and I learned that you can be up to, like, two weeks earlier or two weeks late to your due date and still technically be within, like, a full gestational period. Right. So I'm not educated about the, the beginning of that, but I wonder if there would be some discrepancy about how long it's been that a, that a person's been pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I'm not educated enough to give an answer on that, but I did find it interesting when I was talking to my friend Amy, who just had her baby on the 15th, um, earlier on in her pregnancy, she was telling me how everybody says it's nine months, but it's really closer to ten months, you know, because of how all of that stuff works. So when you're kind of slicing and dicing it to into a matter of, weeks, right? Yeah. Like six weeks in in kind of in terms of a full pregnancy is nothing. You're, yeah, you're cutting hairs a little bit to be very specific, but I wonder if there is kind of that like how did I wonder how six weeks even became the the number. Because I know there was like some twelve week bands for a while. Right. I mean, I think 12 weeks is whenever you can... I could be totally wrong on this. Listen. It's been a while since we've done research on that, and I'm totally just thinking this off the top of my head. Right. It was my understanding, I believe, that 12 weeks was supposed to be heartbeat. Right? Right. But then, so what is six weeks? Like, why would that even be a viable number? It feels like you're just throwing out a number because you want it to be so restrictive that it will not work for anyone. Because even 12 weeks was... It, it's it's a fetus. It's it's still a it's a clump of cells. It's yeah. not like it's not. It, it doesn't make any sense. They should then be giving us like free pregnancy tests so that every couple weeks we can get 
a pregnancy test to make sure we're not, you know, pregnant before yeah. six weeks. You I, know what I mean? I really like, feel like you should be taking a pregnancy, if you're sexually active and you don't want a baby, I guess you need to take a pregnancy test every week. God. No, Just thank to make you. Sure, you. No, know? thank you. So, Governor Abbott, who signed the abortion bill on Wednesday, said, Our creator endowed us with the right to life, and yet millions of children lose their right to life every year because of abortion. Okay. In Texas, we work to save those lives. Your, your religion does not get to dictate anybody else's behavior. Uh-huh. And if it did, because they're so pro-life, right? So Wednesday, the same day that this bill was passed, Mm -hmm. Texas death row inmate Quentin Jones was killed by lethal injection at the state penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas. This execution breaks the almost year-long hiatus from execution in the state. His death came a day after the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles denied his request for clemency from Governor Abbott. The same man who is talking about saving the lives of unborn children. Yes, but you see, Madigan, those are (laughs) innocent bebés. Bebés. David Rose. (laughs) And this is a criminal, so it's different. Yeah. I mean, but this is the the thing. Bending over backwards to try and justify this is so ridiculous. I'm going to take this even further, though, because he has given clemency to someone before. He gave clemency to a death row inmate who was convicted of killing two of his family members by the name of Thomas Whitaker. But do you want to guess what the reason between Whitaker and Jones is? The difference? I'm guessing that one is white and one is black. Ding, 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 ding! I mean, it's so transparent. It's so ridiculous. And... I, I don't know that we've ever had this... Con- I'm sure we have had this conversation on this podcast before. Um, and I understand that a lot of people's beliefs are very strong on this and very varied. But I am anti-death penalty. I am too. And I'll say this. So I'm a big fan of the podcast True Crime Obsessed. And Jillian on the show knows um, Damien Eccles, who is part mm-hmm. of the Memphis Three. Mm-hmm. And... She talks very, very passionately about the death penalty. And something she said to me that has always made a lot of sense is in order for us to have the death penalty, it has to work 100% of the time. 100% And we have human error. That's right. So there are innocent people that are being killed. 100%. You have to make sure that every every single time you do it, there cannot be a single error. And that's impossible. We're incapable of that. Exactly. so it doesn't... It's very odd to me that in evangelical Christian circles, and I know that this is how it is, uh-huh. they're very pro-life and pro-death penalty at the same time, and they use scripture to justify both, right? Yeah. So you have an eye for an eye, you know, as as a way to justify that, even though Jesus would never have advocated and didn't, that. And didn't Jesus also advocate for... Turning the other cheek? Rehabilitation, too. And and that's the thing, is our prison system is not... It's set up to punish and to lock people away. It's not set up for any sort of rehabilitation. It's, it's very interesting you know? to me. You know, I actually think that I might reread my Bible as, like, non-religious as I am. Because I think it's an interesting thing, because my memories, when I look back on my time in the church... I remember Jesus as being the person who said, um, let him without sin throw the first stone, uh-huh. turn the other cheek. Very, pa- like, he was a pacifist, yeah, right? Yeah, he was peaceful. God was the God one was that was, like, and wrath- evil. <laughs> wrathful, right? Like, sure. But that's Old Testament for the most part. 
So if you are a Christian, which means a follower of Christ, meaning Jesus Christ, should you not be following Jesus's teachings, not Old Testament teachings, right? I mean, I guess. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It doesn't make sense. And you can use words from the Bible to justify being anti-choice. And you can adapt them in different ways. Like, wasn't there someone that we talked about? There was a feminist fave recently who was... I think it was someone that I covered, so I I hate that I can't remember their name right now, but it was a woman who was very religious but was able to take scripture and kind of make it apply to her life in a way that makes sense. Yes, that's what it was. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I still can't remember the name. Um, But, you know, I think that there really is, like, a a way of interpreting things. And I think that whenever somebody wants to justify themselves, especially with means of religion, it's easy to find the scripture pieces that you want to make sense. But the problem with all of that, to me, is that this is a government official who's preaching that our creator you know, blah, 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 unborn babies are still babies, blah, blah, blah. That's not everybody's viewpoint. So it shouldn't be pushed upon everybody to believe that. Freedom of religion means freedom for you to practice your religion. It does not mean freedom for you to inflict your religious beliefs upon other people. That's not how it works. Good for you that you believe whatever you believe. I hope that you have peace. Um, And, you know, in your daily life, I understand as someone who grew up with that background that that, like, you want to spread your gospel. That is what you believe you were put on this earth to do, and I understand that. That doesn't mean you can spread your gospel without having to inflict your beliefs as a lawmaker, yeah. who's a person who was put in this position of power for all people, not just for Christian people. You have to be able to separate the two. In your personal life, go preach the gospel all you want. Go door to door and knock on people's doors and ask them if they know and love Jesus Christ. But that's that's the tough thing because have you ever watched, I think I told you to watch this docuseries and I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, again, I'm like not being able to think of anything, but it's like about this like circle of like religious right people that essentially like create these little groups that infiltrate the government. Like there are a lot of people out there that find it their religious calling to get into government. So that's part of it. It's just, it's all a clusterfuck. Right. And I, again, from like a very skewed viewpoint, I understand their rationale for that. Totally. Because they think they truly believe it. A hundred percent. They believe that this is the right thing for them to be doing. However, you know, you have to, you take these oaths of office Right. And so you have to be able to you should be able to separate out your oath that you took to the people you are serving who are not all Christians. Right. You know, you're serving all people. You're serving, you know, Muslim people, Jewish people, you know, you're serving everyone. Yeah. So you have to be able to separate that out. You can still have your personal life where you look, I I think that you're a terrible person, but if you wanted to go and, like, pick it in front of Planned Parenthood on the weekends, nobody can stop you from doing that. Right, that's your right to do so. As an independent citizen. But you are not... You should not be allowed, as a government official, to, to let your religion dictate. That's why people were worried about Amy... Are worried about Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our Supreme Court right now being more conservative... That kind of goes along with also kind of being very heavily tied to religion. And like you said, that was mm-hmm. our issue with Amy Coney Barrett. I think that's also an issue with Brett Kavanaugh, even though I would never call him a Christian man. I think he likes to call himself one. You right. know, it's all people that like to play off of the quote-unquote Christian morals to make right. themselves appear 
a certain way. Absolutely. You know? um, so we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that. I'm yeah. sure we'll be talking about it in the weeks to come. Um, my guess is that it's going to get worse before it gets better, for sure. But yeah. I do hope that... Because the vast majority of people, they were talking about it on the Daily Zeitgeist, and they actually gave a percentage. The vast majority of American people want Roe v. Wade upheld, actually. You know, it's a it's a, it's a loud minority yeah. who want it to be overturned. But the vast majority of people want it to be upheld. And I think if it is overturned or threatened, it might be a catalyst for change. Uh, but I think before that happens, it's going to get a lot worse. Well, I think that's why it's important to talk about it and make sure everyone around you is aware of it that would also care because we have to put the pressure on the situation or else the, you know, silent minority or the loud minority, I mean, will continue to grow and continue to achieve what they're wanting, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're already getting. So they have to have some people fighting against them too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so I wanted to give an update on Gatesgate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so Joel Greenberg, we talked about Matt Gates and kind of, like, what's been going on with Matt Gates. I just, like, this story <laughs> fills me with so much joy. Yeah. I, and you know what? I don't... As somebody who likes to try and have, like, compassion and empathy for people, I don't like that I'm so tickled pink by the fact that this man is about to be destroyed. But, but I think it makes so much sense because as uh, I'm going to get on my like high horse here as women, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, both of us have experienced sexual assault in yeah. some sort. There is something so vindicating about yes. seeing someone being put into the spotlight about it, being humiliated about it, letting all the dirty laundry out. There is something so validating about that, that I think we have to almost kind of take, you have to find that joy because not everybody gets that kind of vindication. Right. I mean, and somebody also who is so cartoonishly evil, you know, like Matt Gates is such an, he's a pinky in the brain villain. Yes. He's an exaggeration of like everything that we hate about like Matt Gates and Tucker Carlson to me are both very much like caricatures of themselves, you know? Right. Absolutely. And so there is something just like so satisfying about watching this person go down in real time and still be in such denial about because I got on his Twitter today because I was like, what is he feeling right oh now? Oh, my you know? God. And there's nothing there. And I just feel like it's because he's still, for whatever reason, probably because he's gotten away with all this shit for so long, I think he feels really like nothing is going to happen. Well, and if he keeps denying, I think he thinks that, you know, if, if he were to admit it, then there's no turning back. So maybe he thinks, if I just keep denying, maybe eventually it'll just go away. Yeah, and it's you not, know? that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, yet. so fill me in. Joel Greenberg, who, if you remember from the first story, was a close friend of Matt Gates, is kind of the person who brought him into this. Yeah, and he also, like, they were the two guys that made the call mm-hmm. to one of the staffers, right? And one of the aides, was I think it, it was a female? A fellow congresswoman. You're right, it was yeah. a fellow congresswoman, and they called and were like, uh, on the Democratic side, and mm-hmm. calling and be like, how are you? And, you know, all this we kind love of your stuff. Work. Yeah. Just being really sleazy. But he is a former Florida tax official and a close friend and confidant of Matt Gates, who if you don't, I mean, we've just been talking as if you know him, but if this is your first episode of the show and you don't pay attention to the news, Matt Gates is a Florida congressman. He was very buddy-buddy with Trump, extremely conservative, just 
smarmy piece of shit. Oh, yeah. So, Joel Greenberg pleaded guilty in court on Monday to six charges and promised to cooperate with federal prosecutors as part of the plea, which is very, very bad news for Matt Gates. So, the criminal case involving Greenberg is what has led to the sex trafficking investigation of Congressman Gates. As a refresher, there were payments made between the two men for, quote, services provided to young women that were all set up through Venmo. In 2018, Gates sent Greenberg $900. The next morning, Greenberg used the same app to send varying sums of money to three different young women. In total, the transactions amounted to $900. In the memo field, Greenberg said that the money was for, quote, school and tuition, which is so suspicious. Like, And also, like, that's not a whole lot of money for school and tuition, unless it's for maybe, like, one semester. Or you're just donating to their school or tuition, but it's weird. Like, yeah, it's these young and through women, Venmo, too. Through Venmo, like, publicly through Venmo. Yeah, set that shit to private, at least. Right. I you mean, know you can do that, right, Matt Gates? Right. <laughs> and the thing that... But again, it's this hubris of feeling like nothing's ever going to happen to you. Yeah. And what Matt Gates is actually under suspicion for is sex trafficking, child trafficking specifically because there was a 17-year-old girl involved in this that he allegedly took across state lines, paid for travel, right. those kinds of things, which, you know, constitutes sex trafficking charge because it's right. in exchange for sexual favors. And being taken over state lines. Right. So part of Greenberg's plea is that he has agreed to cooperate fully with federal investigators in the prosecution of other persons involved and has agreed to testify. So basically what that means is they were like, you need to sing, you need to talk, we'll give you less time on your sentence if you tell us who else was involved. And what they mean by that is Matt Gates. Like, yeah. there's only one other person. Give us the name and we'll give you less time. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. I bet there was a plea deal with him pleading guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I Ooh. can't... Like, Matt Gates has to be shitting his pants. Oh, he's like, in some hot boiling water right which now. Which is why I got on Twitter, because I was just like, he's got to be losing his shit right now. But he doesn't appear to be, at least outwardly. Um, but yeah, I mean, because there's one other person who was just named today, I think, we're recording on Thursday, uh, as another person who could possibly be involved in this. But when they say you're going to cooperate with the prosecution of other persons involved, they mean Matt Gates. Yeah, especially because that's, like, the highest profile case yes. besides that one. You yes. Know? Uh, the two men have long been connected with Gates referring to Greenberg as his wingman, it, which I'm like, you guys are like almost 40. Can you not? Yeah. If you're like past college age, even if you're single, just let's not do it's that. weird. If you're saying it ironically, then I guess. But yeah. Like, to just be like... This is my, my wingman. wingman. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. Um, and it was no secret that Greenberg had previously introduced Gates to several young women who he had met on seek on seeking arrangement, an, an app used to hook up women to sugar daddies. And Greenberg was known to troll this app for dates, and the two were known to have shared multiple girlfriends in the past. Ew! So it's very, it's, their relationship is very enmeshed and, and like that's weird and so, gross. And that's so manipulative. Like, when I hear about that, like, I think of 
whoever this girl or woman was of being ganged up on. I don't know. Like, Well, it's you're treating bare minimum. Listen, I don't have a problem with, with in fact, we should do an episode on, like, sugar babies because, like... Yeah, and, and, and I don't have, and I don't I don't have, have a problem. problem with people dating more than one person either as long as everybody's cool with that. But this feels like you're using women as objects. Like, that's how it, it feels It feels really me. manipulative and scary. collecting them, you're commodifying them, you're swapping them. I hate it. I mean, I got... I got kind of a angry email from a woman who thought that I wasn't being sex positive enough on my worst date before because I was being critical of one of those hair rock bands. I think maybe it was Motley Crue. I don't want to like say it was Motley Crue if it wasn't, although I'm sure they did their fair share of gross shit. But Motley, who, I was gonna say Motley Crue is fucking nuts. I'm pretty sure that's there was a Netflix movie made about Motley Crue. Yeah, there was. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's a like. I was very critical. I was like, this is so gross because they would basically, they had their groupies, quote yeah. unquote, women, and they would win them in card games uh-huh. and like, sh- and, and like exchange them. And to me, that is so fucking disgusting because you're I treating don't think women, you're treating women as though as they are objects. Right. No, I agree with you on that. I would not say that that's you, you not wanna, being sex positive. If you want to be a groupie and that's your thing and you like having sex with rock stars, and if you're fine. And if you're okay with being traded in a card game, if that's something that you're actually saying, like, who am I ending up with? I don't know. To me, there has to be so much consent along the way in communication for that to be okay. Which you know there wasn't. That there was not during yeah. that time. I mean, every band during that time was shitty. You were like, like that whole I, culture is insane. I, absolutely. You were like, I can do whatever I want to do with these women and I know that I can because I they're the power dynamic here is so skewed yep. that I can do whatever I want here and I feel I get the same vibes from Gates and Greenberg and uh-huh. that like I I have no problem with sugar baby sugar daddy consenting adults totally having not, an yeah. arrangement like that I have a problem with you knowingly abusing your power in a situation like this Yes. And just treating women as though they are commodities that can be traded and exchanged. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it and and the people who are doing it should definitely not have any control over our laws <laughs> and our lives. Absolutely. So, so I hope Gates I hope he's out soon. I'm you know, I'm gonna throw a party, I'm gonna pop some champagne. I can't wait for that motherfucker to <laughs> Gigon, you know what I'm So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode. If there's any news that you want us to talk about in the future, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us at Angry Neighborhood Feminist on Instagram. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go over to the business page and like us and leave a review. And you can go over to the group page and chat with the other listeners. And if you haven't already, we would greatly appreciate it if you would please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts telling us a little bit why you love us. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. 
The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.